Welcome to the Neary Lending Podcast. This is not financial advice. Please consult your financial advisor to associate the risks involved. Are you tired of getting turned down for business loans and credit? Get a 100% guaranteed approval business crypto hybrid loan that does not require a personal guarantee or any business credit with Neary Lending. Business crypto hybrid loans can be used toward advertising, software development, marketing, and much more. Give us a call today at 888-503-8298 or visit our website nearlendinginc.com. Advertise your business in business crypto world sci-fi metaverse. Reach business owners looking for your products and services. Get $100 in free advertising with Nearu Lending. You can also have your own sci-fi metaverse and offer loans, lines of credit, business services, games, and much more. You can contact us at 888-503-8298 or email us at info at In this episode, Kevin O'Leary discusses his thoughts on Bitcoin. Enjoy the show. I've got a whole team, a whole team in my operating company that does nothing except crypto. We're looking around the world for new projects. I'm very fortunate. I get opportunities all the time. I'm a shareholder in FTX. I own a piece of Circle, Polygon, HBAR, on and on and on. I'm in deep. I'm in, I'm in there. We're at 20% of our operating company's balance sheet in all kinds of crypto opportunities because I get the joke. I understand where it's going. Now, if you're not willing to take the time to educate yourself and build a team around you that can do the analysis, well, I think you'll be a loser. I think you'll underperform the overall market. I think you'll miss out on this new nascent sector that's coming into the market. You've got to embrace it. You've got to understand it. You've got to learn by buying it, managing it, understanding the volatility, and watching it. That's how it works. I truly believe, 100%, I tell regulators this too, within a decade, crypto will be the 12th sector of the S&P 500. We have to realize that there's so much intellectual capital going into problem solving around payment systems, around tokenization, around NFTs, authenticating physical assets. There's so much going on that you gotta be a student of it. You have to do it. You have to understand it. Otherwise, you're gonna be left behind. Kind of stuck in a range on Bitcoin right now with 20, 23,000. Big miners are making coin, getting awarded coin around 7,000. So the economics are still there to put money in the ground. But the big opportunity, the mega opportunity for Bitcoin and why I stay long and why I continue to allocate to Bitcoin is when we get policy and institutions can allocate to it, sovereign wealth and pension institutions, they'll probably put 50 basis points, which is half of 1%, up to 1% into Bitcoin. And that's where you're gonna break out of this range. How high, nobody knows, because the demand is almost insatiable. Most large institutions want a position in crypto and they want the granddaddy crypto. They want Bitcoin. They can't buy it yet. So for all of the excitement when we talk about institutional buyers, I'm also in the indexing business. I service the institutions and the sovereign funds with indexing. And they all tell me they want to index for Bitcoin, but they can't buy it. They don't have any policy. They don't have any compliance infrastructure. So we got to get this done. We got to get some policy. If it's just stable coins and Bitcoin, just those two asset classes, that's a huge win for everybody that's involved in crypto. Huge amount of capital come flowing in. When that happens, we don't know. The first indication would be allowing an ETF with the underlying asset being mark-to-market Bitcoin itself, like they've got up in Canada. 
That thing had billions in it as soon as it got announced. We don't have that yet. It just got turned down again. And that's why there's a war going on between the SEC and other regulators, a turf war as it, as it might be, on who's going to regulate Bitcoin. We don't have to go crazy. We don't have to get 100 or 10,000 coins. We, if we could just get stablecoin policy, Bitcoin policy, maybe Ethereum, maybe Polygon, maybe Solana, that would be enough. That would be huge. That's a large amount of market cap just right now in crypto. I'm not sure about, you know, ETH 2.0 because, wow, they keep bringing dates and coming and going. It hasn't <laughs> happened yet. I'll believe it when I see it. And I've talked to some of the proponents and, and, you know, there's a lot of people that are conflicted on that situation. Bringing down gas fees is not in everybody's favor. Obviously, if you're collecting the fees, you like them as they are. But I, I think it doesn't matter. These projects are all worth owning because you don't know who's going to win. But when it comes to Bitcoin, the floodgates themselves is compliance infrastructure at the sovereign fund level, the Norway fund, the Saudis, the United Arab Emirates, our own states, pension plans. If we were calling that asset, whatever we're going to call it, a commodity or a security, and we got that done, I don't care which direction it goes. Why wouldn't you be allocating to any portfolio a portion to Bitcoin? just like you would for real estate, just like you would for stocks, just like you would for bonds. That would really change the dynamic on Bitcoin. And when that happens, you have to make a decision. Do you get ahead of that curve, not knowing when that actually is going to occur? Or do you wait until it occurs? Because it'll be, in terms of price appreciation, I believe it'll be dramatic. It'll be dramatic. You could have a gap up 10, 15, 20, 25% overnight because you've opened up trillions of dollars worth of access to a new asset class. That doesn't happen too often. And I think all of the productivity and all the people that are working on the blockchain and all the projects out there, and I always remind people, Bitcoin is not a coin, it's software. There's lots of really smart guys leaving colleges that are engineering and moving to the United Arab Emirates or the Caribbean islands. They don't stay stateside because they don't have any policy. So all that intellectual capital could come back stateside. There'd be a lot of things happening once we get policy, once we get regulation. And I think you're right. The timing is probably six, 12 months, but Katie bar the doors when that happens. It's going to be really wild. So we got a bill cooking right now just on US dollar and treasury bill backed stablecoin. That was going to be heard in August. It's been pushed till after the holiday till September. The reason you would care about that vis-a-vis -vis Bitcoin would be if we could get that bill done, and, and let me give you the, the, the nitty gritty on that bill. It's not that complicated. Uh, the, the initiative started with the Toomey and Haggerty. They both had different bills. There's other bills, but it's all around the concept of this. Think about a money market a Fidelity money market or a Schwab money market. There are rules about how those are built. They get audited every month and they're not allowed to own assets supporting the money market unit price that are, have a duration of longer than 12 months. Same thing for stablecoin. It'll be the same idea. Look, if you're going to put out a coin and back it with US dollar, have a US dollar there. And if you're going to use T-bills, disclose how many T-bills you have and what the duration is and let that be audited every month. Then we'd approve that. And the reason you got bipartisan support for something like that, think about, well, let's pick one, USDC. That's the one that was the most stable during the crazy Luna situation when algorithmic didn't work and it cratered. Not USDC because it was backed by 
the US dollar. So let's just say those kind of, not just USDC, but any coin or any token or any payment system that's gonna be backed by a dollar sticks with those rules. That would be policy. And they're going to treat it, the way they're gonna try and get around the whole issue is, you know, USDC or Ether or Tether or any of these things, are they coins, are they payment systems, whatever. They're gonna look at it and say, we don't care. Let's call it a payment system no different than when you're transferring capital. It's gonna be the same rules that we di dictated in a money market fund, and then let the, the market compete. And so you're gonna have different players with different amounts of T-bills, different amounts of cash, but the point is they would be, there'd be regulation for them. And the use of those as payment systems would become global, and it would be backed by the U.S. dollar. That supports the U.S. dollar as the default currency of the earth. What politician, regardless of what side of the aisle, doesn't like that? And so that's the likely first step. When institutions see that happen, let's say we get lucky and it happens in September, that's when the focus goes to Bitcoin. That's when the granddaddy asset, the one that everybody wants, that'll be the next chip to fall. And I think that's when the big opportunity is going to happen. That's after the midterms, after November 8th, the House is probably going to switch. A lot of Republicans are pro-digital, pro-crypto, pro-Bitcoin. All of that action is going to happen in the back end of the year and early in Q1 of next year. I think we can get policy and perhaps an ETF backed by Bitcoin sometime in the first six months of 2023. That's why you gotta be long now. You have, to, in my view, you wanna be ahead of the market. Kevin, we really enjoyed your insightful thought process on where the crypto market is going. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please rate and subscribe as it helps us reach more listeners. We hope you enjoyed the show.